Hello and welcome to another Metamedia production of JW On Purpose with your host, JW Najarian, as he interviews and discusses business, finance, self-development, and lifestyle. Everybody, this is JW Nigerian. I'm here today with Marion Lajudis. Marion, let's just say hi first. Hi. And you're in New York today? I'm in New York today. It's raining. It's raining. Yes. Thundering. Yes. <laughs> thundering. The uh, the storm. The hurricane. The hurricane. Yeah, we yeah we survived it. Thank God. It was it was pretty wild. You know, it was sort of like um, we Bernadette O'Reilly. The woman who's managing me, we were cracking up because I was like, did you survive the drizzle? She said she survived the drizzle. And we were like, ha, 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 and laughing, you know. like. And then the tail end of it was like completely brought down the house, you know, like we spoke too soon. Oh, no. So it was, it was, you know, it was, it was very mild in the beginning, and then like the the in the eleventh hour, like trees started coming down, and you know, just when it was like, you know, they said it was over. But you so it was pretty. It was pretty wild. Went down to a tropical storm from a hurricane. That right, but it was intense. Like it was intense. Wow. So. Yeah, well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you survived it. I used to live down south. I've gone to a couple of hurricanes, and they, you know, I live in L.A. now, and I'm I'm talking to you from Los Angeles, and we have, <laughs> I think you had one too just recently. We have earthquakes all the time, and to be honest, right, we had the earthquake, and then a week later the hurricane. Right, exactly. That had to that had to be just a little much. It was a lot. It was definitely a lot. I would rather be through a, a short earthquake. Then a long hurricane, sitting there waiting for the roof to come off your place is not a fun deal. Right, right. Hours and hours and hours on end. Yeah, it was intense. My parents had to evacuate because I grew up in Long Beach and they're still there. They had to evacuate. So we had them up here and it just, it was very, uh, it was just wild. Wild, so, wild few weeks. So you're, uh, you're sitting in New York right now and you're writing music, is that correct? Yes. Thanks. First of all, uh, Marianne, we met on the Internet. Uh, you were doing, uh, somebody's doing your Internet marketing, or you're doing it. I think you contacted me to uh, direct me to listen to your new song that you did um, that on YouTube with uh-huh. Mr. Robert. Right. Uh, the song Mary. And yes. And I listened to it, and it totally rocked me out. It was, a great, it was like, totally great song. So I listened to more of your stuff. Of course, I got, you know, curious and started listening to more of your stuff and realized that you have a, a whole bunch of stuff out there. And I don't know your work that well, but I understand you also have a new, another album coming out and you're writing new music. Right. Um, that's why you're here today. Let's kind of start with who are who is Marion? Where are you from? Well, I'm from, uh, well, I grew up in uh, Long Island, New York, in uh, a, a town that sort of sits right next to Long Beach. Um, it's called Island Park. And um, I lived there until I was around, you know, my early 20s, and then I moved into the city, and uh, New York City, and, um, you know, just kind of was living my life, trying to figure out, what I wanted to do, you know, like trying to really 
live a life that was like from the bone, you know. And um, what does that mean from the bone? Just like you know, really congruent with my deepest self. Okay. And I felt like you know, I I you know was always searching for that. Like I wanted to have a career and work, my work in the world. I wanted it to be, you know, from to be congruent with the deepest part of myself. And, you know, I, 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 I felt like I searched forever to find that, and I couldn't find it until I was 40. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, finally, what I realized when I turned 40 was that I had been not looking at the very thing that was always calling me mm-hmm. because um, every time I would look at the part of me that wanted to write and sing, I had a million excuses for why I shouldn't be doing that. And I would have these conversations all the time from like the time I was probably 12 until I was 39. So you didn't write anything in that time or you did? I think, like, in my late 20s, I I dabbled, you know, for maybe a couple of months. But, like, you know, nothing ever left the living room. Right. You know, it never saw the light of day. You know, I I don't play an instrument. I never took any vocal lessons. You know, I had no training. I had none of that. Okay. So So you go from – I kind of want to back up a little bit. You go – because you went from not doing any music to hitting 40 and writing music, then right away doing, or almost right away doing live events, and then putting out uh, something with a number one singer, you know, um, Cindy Lauper, all in a pretty short time, it sounds like. Um, well, it was. I feel like, like when I birthed this part of myself that was a singer, songwriter, mm-hmm. I think I came out full form, <laughs> you know? Like, and I think the gods were with me on it because the first time I ever performed was in the worst club in Manhattan. And Cindy happened to be there. And this other woman who was writing, Janine Tesori, who was writing, she had just won a Tony for writing um, a Broadway, the music for a Broadway show. And she was working with Tony Kushner, who wrote Angels Over America. Mm-hmm. And she and Tony Kushner were writing. Um, she was writing the music. He was writing the book for a play called Caroline or Change, at the Public Theater. And she said, "You got to get out of this place. That this, this, you know, club. Like it was really like the worst club. Um, like the ceilings were low. You know, it was just. Right. And she said, you need to be in a room that has much more integrity.'" And I said, like, where? And she said, Joe's Pub, which is at the Public Theater. And I, was, I thought she was, like, making fun of me. I didn't, like, I had no perspective <laughs> of how I was received that night. It was the first time I ever performed. I had no idea. Like, it was almost like, you know, someone who's really overweight their whole life, and then they lose weight, and they go out into the world, and you think people are making fun of you when they compliment you. Mm-hmm. Because you're still in your mind you're a fat person. Right. I, in my mind, I was still not a singer. So I just, I was like, what, you know? And so she hooked me up at Joe's Pub, and I said, I can't fill a room with 180 seats. Like, I don't even have a following. Like, I don't, like, you know. And she said, I'll help you, and she did. Wow. 
And that was that's the beginning, and I've been selling out there ever since. Wow. Usually most people go out and they do uh, open mic out and mic night after open mic night at, at the crappy places. And yeah, no. I never, I bypassed all of that. Yeah. <laughs> How nice. Well, it was good and not so good because, like, I hadn't, you know, I had to, I had to sort of learn my lessons in front of a, a, a large audience. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody who starts from the bottom up learns it in front of, you know, little audiences. So my level of humiliation was much greater when I didn't hit it. Right. You know what I mean? You know, I used to go to these clubs where everybody, I was a guitar player, and everybody played better than me, I thought. So after we'd play our tunes, I'd get, I'd see the guitar, the really good guitar players in the group give me the pity clap, and I'd, oh, jeez. <laughs> I just, well, I, I, but, but it made me practice all that much harder, of course. Yeah, I mean, it made me, you know, it made definitely, I felt like I had to grow a new backbone, you know, like at 40, like it, I had to rise up from a lot of, you know, I, 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 there there were many times I would crawl into bed and say, I'm never going outside again <laughs> after a show, you know, but I would, and, and you know, and and that's how you become seasoned, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, I've seen, uh, if you go to YouTube, you'll find uh, Marion the Judas's uh, uh, videos uh, at, at playing at Joe's Pub, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, and so, but you you look very comfortable up there. Is that that is that come over time? Has that come over time, or is that just the way the music? Well, the first yeah, I, the first time I ever performed that one show I was just referring to, where I was in like the worst club in Manhattan. Um, I had my eyes closed through the whole show, and I had a hat over my head covering my eyes, like a hat with a rim. <laughs> so, it, you know, I and never spoke to the audience. And then, you know, little by little, I started to sort of unfold. Yeah, you know, the, and the stuff that I see, you you like to tell a little story of each song. Like yeah, well, well, you know, each song was sort of born out of a personal experience. So I just like to let people know. You know where it came from. So, uh, did you have a rough childhood growing up? I think so. Yeah, I think it was pretty. It was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, because most of your stuff, uh, you know, I don't know your stuff that well, but most of the stuff I see is it's very, it's, it's slower paced, more melancholy, and that's when that's why I was like, I'd heard the song with Cindy Lauper, which is upbeat. And it has a driving guitar line. I don't know who did that guitar, but it's this driving guitar line and great backbeat. It sounds really good, and you and you guys are both belting on the song. And then I went and started listening to your stuff, and it was quiet song after quiet song until I hit the song "Sorry." By the way, which yeah, thank you. That's my like. That's my. Uh, <laughs> that's that song has gotten me a lot of mileage. Well, it's a great song. The words are great. I mean, you can tell that there's something there that, I mean, I totally um, uh, related with the song, you know, <laughs> uh, because you're telling me. Yeah, like if you sorry, come. I'm sorry already. I've got a lot of sorry. I mean, it's, it's, I thought it was. Well, it's like stop apologizing for who you are. You know, there's so many, it's like, you know, you have so many sorries. It's like you, you're sorry for just, you know, breathing. And, and that's what the song is about. It's like, you know, I'm not 
But what it what was cool is you really captured the feeling of exactly that in that song. And um, I don't know if you've done a uh, in studio copy of that song. Oh yeah, all of the songs that you heard on that, uh, I don't know which ones you listened to, but most of them are on my last album, God Tell Me. I'm sorry for saying what I think is true, and I'm sorry for asking why you do what you do, and I'm sorry for thinking you might do what you say, and I'm sorry I thought I deserved to ask anyway, and I'm sorry for taking up so much room when I cry, and I'm sorry I didn't shut my mouth when you lied, and I'm sorry I didn't see the here is not where I belong, and the one with Cindy Lauper is on there. Sorry is on there. Where can we find that at? Uh, well, it's CD Baby, iTunes. And, uh, you know, you're going to have to spell your last name because Lojidas, if, if we put it, if we phonetically do that, we're not going to find you. Right. It's Well, if you go to my website, mariansmusic.com, mm-hmm. there's a link to where you can purchase that, you know, the, my last two CDs. Yeah. So Marian, M-A-R-I-O-N-S, mariansmusic.com. That would probably be, like, the easiest way. And once my next CD comes out, which is soon, I'm going to have, you know, the whole thing updated to hook everybody into Facebook and Twitter, and which I'm still figuring out how to use. I still can't figure. Um, well, you got in touch with me. That was, I mean, you're doing it. You're out there doing it. I know, but I really have to, like, I have to, like, read the book or something. I'm, I, I'm, There's no Facebook book. I got, but... There's no book. It's you know it it changes every day out there. You just have to be you have to be real and be on top. You have to talk to your your peeps kind of thing, and just you know um, you do have to do a little testing and see which one gives you the best feedback. But right. I actually think you're doing a good job. Yeah, I, I get a lot of feedback. You know when when I when I get out there. Um, I just haven't gotten comfortable on Twitter yet, you know, so I'm still, I'm just, I have to kind of really get, dive into that, and I haven't yet, so, but I will. <laughs> okay, so how did you pick up your band? Is this uh, a, a band that plays around doing other things, or is this your band now? Well, this is like my band, but they definitely do other things, but when I first wrote all these songs, I didn't, um... I, I, you know, I didn't play an instrument, so I had this little electronic instrument called an Omnichord, mm, yeah. and I, it had 86 buttons, which were 86 chords and a strum plate, and so I composed all of the songs that I had written on this little electronic thing and just sang them into a tape recorder. And then um, I called this guy that I had known who was a guitar player, great guitar player, Larry Saltzman. Mm-hmm. And he was um, with Paul Simon. He plays with Paul Simon. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was a real honest guy, really kind but honest guy who would tell me. I saw something you said, a tribute to Larry Saltzman on one of your tunes. I was like, right. What? And I just said, listen, just will you just listen to what I've written? Tell me if this sucks. I have no perspective. You will literally be the second person in the world who has heard these songs. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, you know, come on over. And he just, like, laid down on his couch, closed his eyes, and I sat there in a chair and played one song after another. And he just got up and said, 
this is fantastic. He goes, but come on, I'm going to help you do this. And so he hooked me up with musicians, how to get it recorded. He was like my midwife, you know. He, like, was the midwife that birthed this part of me. Wow, how cool. Just one of those people that come into your life, you know, and you don't know why, but really to show up in a way that's above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way about Bernadette O'Reilly, too. I just feel like, you know... Well, she yeah, she took she took care of getting this call together and everything. So thank you, Bernadette. Really appreciate it. You know, you can tell that she thinks that you're so highly of your stuff and, um, and takes good care of you, and that's great. Yeah, she's amazing and and brilliant. It's hard to do it alone. Yes, no, you can't do this alone. And then my the rest of my band, um, Doug Yole, he plays with um, uh, our. Uh, Ari Hess and Suzanne Vega, and he is incredible. I just, I love him. I adore him. He's just like a magic man. And um, Iris Siegel, my electric guitar player and my bass player, they're just fantastic, these guys. And they're really, they're really supportive of my music. You know, it's like you don't want anybody on stage with you who's, like, looking at their watch waiting to. You, want, you really want to pick players that, like, really like what you've created. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and these guys have, they, they, that, that's what my band is, you know. And you can hear it in the music. And the music is really good. I really do need to listen to the album. I've only been listening to your stuff on YouTube. The only produced music I've heard is the song Mary. And let's talk about that for a minute because um, it's not every day that um, people get to sing with uh, top With song, Cindy? Top with Cindy Lauper? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so you met her actually at your first, your first club. Is that correct? Or did you know? Yeah, uh huh. Yes. And um, I met her. Before that, but I had invited her, I didn't think she was going to come, you know. I mean, I didn't think she was going to come and see somebody sing for the first time in their life on stage, you know. And it was the worst snowstorm, and she just, I think she came like from the airport straight to the club. Wow. I know. She she must be... I just had a real connection with her when, you know, and, and I just... She's just been a really, um, I just have a real connection with her. I don't know why. It's just like with the music, I find people and I just really connect deeply. You know, the people I've met, you know, since I've start, since I've been singing. Right. And um, so, you know, she just, uh, did you see the song, um, Mr. Brown? I did not hear the song, Mr. Brown, though. You should look. At, you should go on YouTube and see that one because Mr. Brown and um, Sorry are two songs that are. I just a lot of people are, are moved by those songs, and she was really moved by Mr. Brown. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think she had told Amazon that year that they wanted a list of her top ten favorite songs and she, she said Mr. Brown was one of them. I held this baby in my arms 
into the room who I had never seen before. She said, it's time for him to go. I'll give the two of you a minute more alone. And I shuddered through and through the way that so. But so I knew that she liked, you know, my music and, you know, w- was a fan of my music. And so when I had written the song Mary, I thought, wow, who can sing the part of Mary Magdalene? Like who, because, you know, it's like, like it's, you know, I'm, I'm playing Jesus's part in the song. And, and I'm basically saying, you know, as Jesus, I'm saying, Mary, it's because of you that I became the man I became. Mm-hmm. You know, like without you, I couldn't have, I couldn't have done this, you know, like behind every great man, there's a great woman. And like, and, and Mary was just like, you know, left to bear the burden after he passed away. And, you know, she's crying out in this song, like, you know, why, you know, and who could do that? And I thought Cindy would be so great. And so she heard the song and she said, yeah. And that's how that happened. <laughs> that's what a great story. I mean, to, to get together with somebody you know, with that stature and get that kind of help and everything, you know, well, it's not like, you know, you don't, I don't want to question you're deserving it or anything. It's just, you know, most people who are out there, they're working hard and everything and trying to get, uh, you know, trying to hit it. Um, I see it all the time. I, I, what they do is they get that three feet from gold syndrome going on. They work really hard to get somewhere and then they stop just before they hit it because they don't believe in themselves. Um, they, you know, uh, they they look at everything in the negative, and it's like I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. And I can see from your story, even though it happened quick for you, you never allowed those thoughts to stop you from going to the next thing and going to the bigger club and uh, getting in front of the 180 people. Or, or like you said, there were many times when you felt like you didn't want to show up, but you did. Well, I mean, like, let, let me just, like, I, I quit doing this about 900 times. I said I'm not doing this anymore. Right. But there's something in me that's more powerful than the part of me that's frightened that would always rise up a week or two later and say, let's... That would lead me to making the right phone call to that person who would tell me what I needed to hear to make me get back up on my feet again. So I'm, 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 you know, I'm just as frightened as everybody else. Like, you know, I don't deal with rejection well or humiliation well. But I think that I, I kept close to me the right kind of support that would be like, oh, Marion, come on, man, you gotta get, you gotta, you gotta keep doing this. You know, and where two or more 
are joined. And that's all I needed. I just needed two people to tell me to keep going. And I would keep going. But, I mean, I definitely, uh, you know, it's been, it's, been, it's been hard. I think the difference, though, is that I'm not looking to... I'm just looking to keep it alive. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking to make it. I'm just looking to keep my flame lit. That's all I'm looking for. So whatever I pull in and attract, I think I pull it in and attract it because I'm, my flame is lit, not because I am setting intentions or... I'm just looking to become a more grace-filled person, you know? That's really what I'm looking. And then if it happens to be on stage when I'm singing, then I'm full of grace on stage. But, like, this whole music thing is just something I'm, I'm doing. But my real work is to just become more filled with grace. Well, you know, we, but you also, the music is important to you. you, you we talked before the phone call when we were, because we had not really gotten a chance to talk that much. We talked a few minutes before the phone call. And you talked about the fact that... Um, you hadn't done this most of your life, um, and this is something you want to do. Something I, I, I use the word passion. I don't think you use that word. You wanted to do something that meant something to you. Well, I wanted to do something that resonated with who I am on a deep level, and the music that the that's what the music is for me. But the music is more like a vehicle. The thing I'm really jonesing after is to become more, uh, to live a life that's not ruled by fear. That's my, that's my major quest. The music is a vehicle to that, and it's very important, but so is everything in my life. You know, my relationships, and you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not like, oh, i got to make it in the music, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not, maybe because, you know, I started so late, too, mm-hmm. you know? A little more mature, maybe, going in. I don't know if it's mature. It's just that, like, I'm in a different phase of my life. I'm not in my 30s trying to, like, make it. Right. You know, it's like, I just, I'm just trying to keep alive the things that really turn me on in my life. Okay, so, you know, you're, you're... Your songs are about this, some of the struggles that you had, and in your bio, I read something about each song for you builds a part of your vertebrae, and I, I, I'm not exactly sure what you meant by that. But um, when each time that you write a song and you uh, get out an, another piece of you that is either bothered by something or grieving over something or just you know just talks about how you feel about earth, stars, <laughs> spirituality, is is that part of that journey? Yeah, I feel like every time I make something, I create something, mm-hmm. I feel, like, better about myself. I feel like that, that thing I just created surrounds me. It walks with me. Almost like, you know, like I have, like I think I've, ri- I've written over 100 songs, so it's like I have, like, 100 children that walk with me, <laughs> you know? Right. But... But that also have their own life, you know, because once you write a song and you put it out, it, 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 then it goes out into the world and it becomes someone else's song, you know. Is, is writing, writing about some of the parts of your life, of the, has it been healing for you? 
Yeah, I think it's been a very healing process to write about the things that have happened that were upsetting. And, and yeah, I think it's it's been very fulfilling. Yeah. So what, um, so you're writing more songs now. You got another, what's, what's the newest album? I forget. Uh, the new album is called Tales from the Top Side World. Okay. And um, this is like a whole, you know, a whole nother, I think, side of me, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, it's really beautiful, beautiful album, and I have great musicians on this album. Um, you know my band, all the guys in my band. We we recorded it in two days. Larry Alexander was the engineer. Um, and then Eve Nelson came on board later and just sort of finessed the whole thing. She's a this fantastic producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just like, she she took something that was really really good and made it like amazing. So I feel really blessed, and I'm I'm really I'm this is my this is my favorite album. This new one coming out. You have like a, a vision of what you want your albums to be, like a, in the or are you just writing from your heart and what what comes out is the direction you take. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, I just, I'm always writing, Mm -hmm. and so when it's time for me to sort of, okay, you know, it's time to make an album, you know, it's been a couple of years, I just kind of pick my favorite songs that I've written and put them together, and, um, you know, there's always this general theme that runs through all of my songs, so it's pretty easy to come put it together, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like the general theme, I'm always I'm always talking about you know rising up from the ashes of nothing, you know that life death life cycle, right? You know, and and just so there's always there's always that running through. That's like the silver thread. So, but this one, I just think it's a compilation of really heartfelt, beautiful songs. Some of my favorite songs are on this album. Well, I'll be, I'm I'm excited to to listen to it now. Um, Yeah, and there's a lot of rockers in this one. There's a lot of, like, you know, rock the house driving songs on this one. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. I, I I watch you. You know, I've seen the I saw the pictures of you when I first heard your song, and um, you have such an interesting look to you. And not only did I see the pictures, but I saw you up there singing. And I didn't hear you talking at first. And I I guess I don't know why, but because of your look, I had an expectation that you had um, some heavy accent. <laughs> Uh, from some uh, God knows where. <laughs> from where, like Brooklyn? No, uh, that's why I was surprised that you had a. Or from like Italy. Yeah, maybe Italian or something, because you have a very, you know, you're you're. Uh, yeah, I have a very ethnic strong, look. Very extremely passionate, and you are not. You don't stand in one place on stage. Well, I know. I go into like a trance when I perform. Sometimes I'm afraid I'm I'm like going to fall off the stage because my eyes are closed. Uh huh. 
Because I drift. Mm. I've literally like drifted onto the toes of my guitar player, not and not wasn't even aware that I moved. No, I really like that. I, I like that you just let the song take you and you get lost in it. Um, I do because you know I'm I'm like uh, it's like it's like you know when I get on stage I just feel like that's the one place where I can really be totally honest and not put on any airs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like on Halloween, everybody takes their masks off. Mm-hmm. When I get on stage, it's like I, I get to, you know, I get to really take off the mask. And it's like, this is it. This is it, man. This, yeah, this is it. It is. It's very cathartic. And so it flips some people out. It's like scares the shit out of some people. And some people just become like you know, hardcore fans, and, and, you know, whatever. It's like, if you don't like what I'm doing, get out of the seat. Somebody else will. That's how I feel. There you this go. is so, who I am. You're, you're talking, you, you hit me, I'm in L.A., so you're hitting a lot more people through social media. Yes. Um, are you, do you have plans to come out here and play any of the clubs out here? <sighs> yeah, I do. I, have, I, I haven't made the plan, but I definitely have a plan to come out to L.A. Do you have a little fan base out here now? I do. Yeah. I have a little fan base. I have little pockets. You know, now I have little pockets everywhere. San Francisco, L.A., mm-hmm. um, uh, in Italy. Um, hey, that's my dog, Peaches. I just rescued her. Peaches. And I'm just letting my cat, my stray cat who we took in, sweetie. Okay, quiet, everybody. So yeah, I've so I have I have interviews where I had a catwalker with a financial guy, and I had the cat walking across the screen the whole interview. Oh, that's so funny! <laughs> oh, that's funny. So yeah, so but I do. I have I have little pockets all over. You know, I don't have any like machine behind me, so everything. Um, oh, I have a following in Austin too because um. Jody Denberg, who uh, at the time when I did the South by Southwest Festival was the program, the content manager of KGSR. He was the founder and and the content manager of that radio station, and he's now um, at a public radio station in Austin. But he um, he you know chose me as the top pick for the South by Southwest uh, South by Southwest Festival. And um, I did a lot of radio interviews there during the festival, and that was amazing. So I've been to Austin a, a bunch of times. What was the song you since picked? Then. What's that? What was the song he picked? Or... Oh, he picked me as one of his favorite artists for the festival. Oh. Yeah, top pick of of art. Because do you know about the South by Southwest festival? It's a it's a um, music festival in Austin, and they choose this like thousands and thousands of submissions, and they pick a hundred artists from each like uh, genre of music mm-hmm. to perform for that week. So I was chosen as one of the you know singer songwriter in that category. And then you just perform a bunch of nights at different clubs in Austin. It's like Sesame Street for a week, but like for a musician. 
Uh, it's like uh, every store you go into, there's a band set up playing. Yeah, well, we all hear about the the Austin music scene being pretty hot. Austin is amazing, yeah. So I played at the Cactus Club there with Loudon Wainwright, and um, I played with Loudon in New York City here at the Blender, which is a, a huge theater. That was awesome, playing with him, playing? opening yeah, for him. You're kind of uh, closed in, writing music. When, when you're, what, what's your next, do uh, you have any plans? I'm sorry, what was that? I said I know you're kind of closed in right now, writing. Well, I'm finishing up my third album. We're mixing and tying up all the loose ends. So once the album is finished, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be performing a lot. I'll be performing at Joe's Pub um, and um, all, all over, you know. Okay, so. It'll all, it'll all be listed on my website. They can find your events page? Uh-huh. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Listen, I want to thank you for coming on today. I, you know, I know, I know you're busy doing your stuff and, and writing the music. I'm guessing is a piece of it, performing it, and uh, and working out all the kinks, and then recording it, and then marketing. Uh, you know, it's, writing the song is not the end. No, <laughs> that's the easy part for me. <laughs> That's the easy part. Busy, and I really appreciate uh, you coming on with me today. Yeah, thank you. I fell in love with your music, um, and I just wanted to share you with my listeners. And it was a great conversation today, and um, um, just before and after the interview. So, I really appreciate it, and thank you a lot. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So anyway, everybody, this is J.W. Nigerian, and I'm with Marion the Judas. Yeah. And oh, I got that right. <laughs> <laughs> Marion the Judas, and I want you all to go to YouTube and uh, look for her song, Mary. That's the one that I first heard that uh, really got me uh, going. Um, go listen to Sorry. She's got a new album out. Go to Marion'sMusic.com and mm-hmm. uh, check out all her stuff, her new albums that's coming out. and uh, What was the first album you did? The first album I did was titled Mother Wheel. That's, that's it, Mother Wheel. And, and then the second one is God's House. Mm-hmm. And the third one is uh, Tales from the Topside World. And when, but, is, when but is that going to be available? Hmm? Like within the month or so? Uh, I would say like two, two or two months. Okay. But if if you go, you know, if you go to my website, MarionsMusic.com, on my fan page at Facebook, mm-hmm. on Facebook, you'll you'll you know see all the updates, um, and and definitely check out the song Mr. Brown oh, on okay. YouTube. I think I'd love to. I'd actually love your feedback on that. Okay, and uh, is it okay if I play a couple cuts uh, on this recording? Or sure. Do you have Do you have recorded um Do you have record studio recorded songs or just the YouTube? I do not. Just the YouTube. Uh, why don't I Why don't I send out. you a CD? Why don't you do that? <laughs> send me a CD and I'll throw a couple of cuts or or just teaser cuts on there. Yeah. Um. Let me Let me do that. I'll get that in the mail to you today. Great. If you guys are listening to this interview. 
Uh, hopefully you're listening to it on my page at uh, JW on Purpose. And um, there you're going to have all the links that we just talked about uh, to all of Marianne's sites and all of her stuff and, uh, of course, her YouTube video and the whole deal. So, Marianne, thank you so much. And, thank you. Uh, stay on the line. And I just want to say, everybody, have a great, this is Labor Day. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Have a great life. And we'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you for listening to JW On Purpose with JW Nigerian. You can find JW On Purpose at jwonpurpose.com. JW On Purpose is the property and is a trademark of MetaMedia Group. And this audio is copyright 2011 and all rights are reserved.